Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Though Podcast. We're talking college football, coaching, carousel, plus this week in the NFL, plenty of news, as well as our NFL picks. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove Podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove Podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new Sports Stove podcast live on YouTube, Belly Up TV, and Facebook, always available afterwards in any podcast platform you listen to podcasts to. I'm your host, Vince Stover. I'm joined by my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how are you doing today? Doing good. Doing good. Glad to be here tonight, and I think we ought to start out with congratulations or a little bit in order as you've been um, honored by the sports media um, arena as far as being nominated as a finalist for content creator for this year. And I um, think you're very deserving of that. You do a good job, of course, on this podcast and on your uh, local hour there. I know your local hours are great help to the Eastern uh, Kentucky sports um sports department all the way around. And as far as someone that puts in the effort and has professionalism, I know they appreciate that. And so um, congratulations on the nomination and hopefully you'll win that. At least hopefully you'll finish higher than Kevin Wilson. So (laughs) I need to say that because I know he tunes into our podcast sometime and I hope he did tonight. But anyhow, um, good job there. Well, thank you. Yes, I have been nominated from Belly Up Sports as uh, one of five nominees for Content Creator of the Year. And uh, through the work both here at the Sports Stove Podcast, the Sports Stove Local Hour, and my time with Belly Up Fantasy Baseball Live uh, as well, and some articles. I write uh, occasionally write a couple articles out there for Belly Up Sports as well. So I appreciate that. 
Uh, it is an honor to be nominated. I only say that in case I lose. Um, but, uh, <laughs> but having guys, uh, Kevin Wilson, like you mentioned, is one of the other nominees as well. So lots of, lots of good stuff there and always do appreciate Belly Up Sports and their support of our program and uh, everything that we do through the Sports Stove podcast. And that's a good segue, Dad, into our sponsor, uh, which is True Classic Tees. Uh, I'm trying to find, I apologize, uh, I thought I had it and I don't, um, the correct read for it. But anyways, uh, trueclassictees.com is where you can go to get the best-fitting T-shirts or polos around and you're going to use that code belly up fantasy when you check out to get 25% off your purchase. And some people, if you're newer to our program or you're only listening to the local hour, usually you may not hear as much about belly up and belly up fantasy. We are a part of the belly up sports uh, podcast network and uh, I'll be hosting in the new year, the sports stove fantasy baseball show. And uh, we're partnering with belly up fantasy sports to do that show and uh, one of the supporters of Belly Up Fantasy is True Classic Tees. And so we're, we're excited to partner with them as well. So trueclassic.com or trueclassictees.com. Either one will get you there. And uh, when you check out, use that code Belly Up Fantasy. Get 25%. That's a, that's a, a heck of a deal, Dad. 25% off anything's great. So, um, so use that code and get that 25% off as well. Uh, dad, we got lots to talk about and a lot of football to talk about. We may get to some basketball later in the program, but there's so much going on around the NFL world right now. Let's go ahead and start with Green Bay and get this conversation out of the way. They played against Philadelphia, only lost by a touchdown. Uh, Aaron Rodgers had the oblique injury to add on to his thumb injury. Jordan Love comes in and looks really, really good. Um, is it, how much of it's Jordan Love looking good and how much of it is Christian Watson looking good, making Jordan Love look good? Or is it equal both ways? I think it's equal both ways. Jordan Love did look good. And I, I listened to some of the, um, interviews this week and, you know, a little more of the inside things, the reads that he made, the things that he saw, um, really showed that he has progressed in the system. Yeah, the touchdown had a lot to do with Watson just running away from everybody there, but uh, he made throws. I thought one of the more impressive ones was one that didn't work, that he, when he rolled out and was able to throw um, a quick one there into the end zone and just seemed like a lot of poise. So I, I think he showed um, it's by far the most encouraging thing I've seen from him. But again, when you think about the whole thing, he has gotten more reps in practice than almost any backup quarterback ever does because of Roger's situation with not being able to practice a lot and then wanting to rest him. And so he really has been in the system a lot last year and this year with practice. And that seemed to really show he came in and I think the team has confidence in him. He looked like he controlled the huddle well and um, he, you know, he, he looked good with his time there. Yeah, I agree. I I was impressed with. He looked a lot better than what he looked like last year when he played against Kansas City. Um, I thought everything about him, his mechanics looked sharper. Uh, the passes were really good. He looked comfortable with what he was doing, and it helps when your wide receiver can can catch it after about a what a ten yard pass and take it the rest of the way and just outrun everybody. That touchdown looked good. But even on the other drive where they settled for the field goal, 
there were still a lot of good things there as well. So I was impressed by that. Rodgers is going to play this week against Chicago. He wouldn't miss a Bears game, uh, I don't think, unless he absolutely had to. Um, at some point, though, more than likely, Green Bay is going to be eliminated from the playoffs. It makes sense for Rodgers to get healthy and not cause any more injury. It makes sense for the Packers to play Jordan Love and and know for sure what they have with him because if he plays well, you have the option to um, you know keep him around, sign him, and keep him around as your long term quarterback. Or you got the option to trade him for a really, really high draft pick if he plays well also. So it, it benefits Green Bay greatly to play Jordan Love, especially if the Packers get eliminated from the playoffs, which they will at some point. It's just the way this season has gone. I think the playoffs are an incredible long shot right now. So uh, it makes sense, right? Rodgers to sit down once they're eliminated. Uh, yes, I, I, I think so. I think especially, um, you know, if it has to do with injuries, um, because I do think, you know, unless he decides not to come back next year, um, you know, financially, I think, you know, there's a deal about where he needs to come back. And I think he's earned the right to play as long as he can play well. Um, but I think you brought out some good points. If it, it, it would help, um, Jordan Love as far as being prepared some for the future. And if they were interested in trading him, but I think they're more interested in extending him at this point. And I think he has potential to be the quarterback of the future. Now, he may play in the next couple of weeks and have a game, and it doesn't look like that, but, but he looked good this game. And um, I think as long as Rodgers, you know, uh, is not threatened and on board, and I think physically it would make some sense. Again, you know, they're playing the Bears this week. The Bears know he's got rib injuries um, you know, he's going to get cheap shotted. Um, I don't know that he can go through the rest of the season, um, you know, and, and be able to continue to play. Um, I think his thumb probably allows him to. Rodgers looked really sharp last week, too, until yeah. the injury. Things looked good. And, again, they should get Romeo Dobbs back in another week or so, and they're going to have a better receiving core as long as, you know, Cobb and everybody stays healthy. So, um We'll see how it ends up, but the Jordan Love thing was encouraging, and um, we'll just see how it goes. Yeah, I agree. I I don't think there's any reason, as long as the Packers are still in the playoffs, to pull Aaron Rodgers if he's healthy enough to play and wants to play. He's he's the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and I think you got to keep him on the field. But once once the playoffs are out of the picture, there's no reason to keep him there. So uh, we'll see if he uh, how all that shakes out, and with him being hurt in multiple different ways it makes sense for him to be more okay with it and of course the article came out on ESPN uh, here tonight that he said he would be open-minded to that if they're eliminated from the playoffs it just makes sense the question though dad is how much longer does he play because if he plays uh, two more seasons what happens if he plays two more seasons and they don't go well and they end up firing LaFleur and him retiring, and now you got a question mark with Jordan Love with a with a coach and a uh, that you know that doesn't know him that hasn't not going to run the same system and all those kinds of things too. So, I think the Packers know how long uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to play. I think he's told everybody that. I know he told Devonte Adams that before Devonte Adams wanted the trade. So, with that happening, I don't think Rodgers is going to be around that much longer. I think two years 
uh, is the maximum. I think there's a chance that next year's the last year for Rodgers as well. He's got other things he wants to do. Um, I think some non-football things that he wants to do. He's got some other things he wants to do, business and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I think his time is near, um, even though physically he could probably play past that as well. Uh, how about another quarterback that's going to play his first game of the season this week? And that's Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns. Watson would get an easy tune-up game against the Houston Texans, his former team. Uh, Watson has not played football now in basically two years. So what are we supposed to expect from Deshaun Watson in game number one? Well, obviously, there are, there will have to be some rust. There's no doubt about that. Um, I think a lot of it will be how Cleveland handles it. Again, they've got a good running game. They've got some weapons. And, um, again, you know, they are starting out um, as far as, um, you know, with with Houston. So I think I, – I, I don't know that he will, you know, um, wow everybody, but I, I think he should do well. And again, just depends how much you know he knows of the system and where everything goes. But um, I, I, I think he can do well, and hopefully, you know, he can be really good by the end of the year. Yeah, I think the rush will come mentally and not physically. I think that I'm sure he's been working out and preparing and all those kinds of things. So the question is the speed of the game um, and those kinds of things. But you can't, you can't help but think playing Houston sure helps. <laughs> sure helps his return. Because they are not the best defense, not the best team, uh, and really a, the ideal situation for a guy coming back from playing, you know, from two years ago. So I think that's a good situation. But you also have the emotion and everything involved with everything that happened in Houston, too. So, uh, yeah, there's going to be a lot of mental rust, I think, more so than anything else. And how he'll respond to it will be the big question of, uh, of the weekend for sure. We do have a comment that came in through our Facebook feed. Uh, as well, talking about Aaron Rodgers, uh, that he needs to retire because he ain't no Brady coming from Bud Lyles, uh, there. So, uh, dad, you could share some Bud Lyles stories probably, but we'll stick to the sports, sports stories right now. Uh, um, but, uh, he is no Rodgers. There is a lot of truth to that in a lot of different ways, or excuse me, no Brady. He's, he, that's true in a lot of different ways. Um, how about another quarterback struggling, Russell Wilson? Uh, Broncos trade for Russell Wilson. When they made that trade, it just looked like the Broncos absolutely committed robbery against Seattle. They sent them a tight end. They sent them a quarterback. They were never going to play again. Some draft picks as well. But it, we thought Russell Wilson in Denver with those wide receivers, with that running game, with that defense, should be a great fit for Denver to have a great season. And Denver can't score any points. The defense has played great. The offense has been atrocious. First of all, Dad, whose fault is it? Whose fault is it that Denver can't score points? I, that that's a great question. Um, I you know I I don't know. I guess it has to go back to the coach to some point. But again, we know the coach, and and to me, he's a guy that you know can be very flexible and I thought you know, would make a system that Russell Wilson would thrive in. Um, but, you know, uh, Buffalo or, I mean, uh, Denver has just been a real, real mystery. Of course, you know, they, they're, they're running back got hurt right off that they thought was going to, you know, be a major factor, but I don't know that you can blame it on that. They just have not, you know, they've not been able to score and win ball games. I don't know that it's Russell Wilson's, 
fault. I mean, I don't think I don't think he is he is done by any stretch of the imagination. But I don't know. Is Russell Wilson a great NFL quarterback? I thought he was. I mean, you know, he, he I think so. Um, you know, it was always taught that they didn't use him right in Seattle in some ways, you know, to let Russ he was great him. in Seattle. Yeah. He was yeah, he was great in Seattle. Um, but was it the system? Was it the players around him? I mean, how do you come to Denver? They've got top tier receivers. Their offensive line isn't perfect. Their run game has been, you know, whatever. But if a defense is holding teams to 15 points a game, Russell Wilson should be winning football games. And I think if you put Patrick Mahomes there. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Patrick Mahomes wins wins football games. I think if you put Rodgers there, I think they win football games. I think you put Brady there, even at his current situation and age and everything going on there, I think they win football games. Something is wrong here, and it's wrong with Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't. I think the coaching staff has to take blame, all the offensive staff, but I think Russell Wilson has to share about half of that blame as well because if he's a great quarterback, he makes this work. And I think he is looking like a third-round quarterback here in Denver versus what he's looked like in Seattle, which he looked like top quarterback in the draft class in Seattle. So um, do they fix it in the offseason? I mean, they gotta, they got to change something on the staff. Um but is it the head coach? Is it the offensive coordinator? Is it who's calling the plays? We saw that, you know, up close and personal in Green Bay with Michael McCarthy towards the end of his tenure. Um, I mean, something has to give here, and I don't think it's going to be Russell Wilson considering the price tag that he carries with him. Yes, I, I think again, depending on how the season ends up, I think um, I think the coaching staff, you know, could definitely be. Um, people that take the blame on this again, you know, there's what five games left and, you know, a three game winning streak at the end can always help. Now it doesn't help them with their draft picks uh, from there, but um, yeah, it, it, I mean, you just think it's going to get better and it hasn't in Denver. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, you talk about that. The Rams are in the same situation. Their season has been absolute kaputs. And they don't have their draft pick. So they're giving somebody else a good draft pick. Denver doing the same thing for Seattle. Another quarterback storyline to look for. Me and you both got to watch the end of the Jacksonville-Baltimore game last week. And talk about a number one overall pick looking like a number one overall pick. Trevor Lawrence leading his team to the big victory. 
uh, there for Jacksonville. I've been a huge Trevor Lawrence fan from the get-go. I think the coaching really helps him out this year, and we'll continue to see him grow in this league and, and build up to being a really, really good NFL quarterback, maybe even living up to those Andrew Luck type uh, comparisons that was given to him coming into the draft. I love what Trevor Lawrence did this week. It was really my first time to get to watch him a whole lot in the NFL. Um, I was impressed, though, Dad, with what I saw there from Trevor Lawrence and from the Jacksonville team as a whole, but specifically Trevor Lawrence. No, I would agree. I mean, it was fun watching it, and, and he he's a good quarterback, and I think they made the right hire with a coach that can really help him. Yeah. And the quarterback, they have some talent. Um, they're going to be able to continue to add talent to that team. And again, he's, you know, they're in it. He's in a division that over the long run is going to help him from that yeah. standpoint. Um, but he did look good. He made the plays he needed to make. And um, I don't think he's taken too much wear and tear in his first couple of years. That's always a concern with rookies at start. But um, he's looked good. And again, we'll see how the season ends up with them. But uh, no, very impressed with Trevor Lawrence. And I, I think Jacksonville. Jacksonville's headed in the right direction, I believe. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I look at with especially young quarterbacks is how they stand in the pocket. Um, you know, are they throwing in a set? You know, are they setting their feet? All those kinds of things. And he just looked the part all the way around, uh, making great throws, uh, standing in, on the move, everything with it. Uh, Jacksonville has to be excited about what the future looks like for them. Uh, last team we'll talk about before we get to the games this week is the New York Jets. Um, they make a quarterback change. Zach Wilson said something after a post game that people didn't like. He doesn't even dress last week. They bring in the quarterback white. Um, they get a huge boost from him. They win again. But I'll tell you, Dad, I just when I'm looking at NFL teams, one of the first thing I look at is the quarterback. I look at the defense and I look at the quarterback and I look at the coach. I can't trust this quarterback. I can't trust that he's going to be the guy that puts New York over the top, especially in a division where you got Buffalo and Miami. Would you say the Jets are legit contenders for the division, for the playoffs, or are they what would most people would rhyme with contender, right? Pretenders. Are they contenders or pretenders, the New York Jets? I think they're contenders as far as making the playoffs. I know, I I mean, I agree with what you're saying about the quarterback. And I know last week you said, well, you know, boy, with White being the quarterback, you know, how can they win? But I think, it one, the coach has energized them there. Um, they do have talent. It is young talent in some ways. Um, but like I said, they're playing together. I think they have a system that works. Now, I don't know the quarterback with Wilson, you know, is he going to come back and have a shot and be the quarterback? I don't know. Um, they've even had, you know, some injury this year with their running back. It looked like he was going to be good. And I think he's going to be good in the future. Um, I, I think they, they definitely have a shot at making the playoffs. I think they'll stay right in the hunt, um, to the last game or so, um, whether they'll make it or not, I don't know, but I like the jets and I, I, I think they'll stay in it. Seven teams make the playoffs in each conference. Um, the winner of each division, which right now is Miami, Baltimore, Tennessee, Kansas City. Then you've got Buffalo, who's tied with Miami. You've got Cincinnati, who's tied with Baltimore. So we'll say those two teams uh, from each division. 
so you got one spot. Basically, the Jets are going to be fighting Cincinnati or Baltimore, uh, New England, who's only a game behind them, and the Chargers, who are also a game behind them. So there's going to be a battle for that sixth and seventh spot. Um, and, and basically I'm going to count Miami and Buffalo in unless they have a quarterback injury. Other than that, then you're going to have one of Baltimore or Cincinnati. I think it'll be Cincinnati. Uh, then you got Tennessee and Kansas City are definitely in. Then after that, it's those guys fighting. So Jets, Baltimore, um, New England and, and the Chargers. There's not a great number of teams fighting for that spot, but it's going to be a battle for that spot there at the end as well. And maybe we see Baltimore fall out of it here. I mean, that game against Jacksonville, Baltimore should have won, and they yes. couldn't pull it off. And I tried to tell you before the season, I tried to tell you last year too, this team is not going the right direction. Baltimore is not going the right direction. I think they need a coaching change. I don't think John Harbaugh is a bad coach, but I think that his voice isn't carrying the same weight anymore. I think they need a coaching change in Baltimore. Uh, and I think they're going to continue to slide a little bit and may even miss the playoffs this year. Uh, I still think they're better than New England. Um, the Chargers should be better than them, but they haven't been to this point, so I'm not sure. Maybe Baltimore still squeaks in there um, at the end. But uh, the Jets, I think they're pretenders. I don't think you can be legit with the quarterback situation they're going into right now. And so I think, now can they make the playoffs? Sure, they can make the playoffs. but um, they're not guaranteed to make the playoffs. They may end up finishing last in the division if New England figures some things out. Either way, shape, or form, even if they make the playoffs, I think they're an easy out in week number one and are not legitimate, at least this season. And they could prove me wrong, and maybe they just will. All right, Dad, let's get into our picks for this week. Uh, each week we pick six football games. We do pick against the spread, even though neither me or Dad are gamblers. Uh, it's just made it more fun to pick. So we pick six games. We'll pick the primetime games. Uh, that's Thursday night, Sunday night, and Monday night. And then we pick three games of our own choices as well. So let's get things started with a Thursday night game. It's the uh, Buffalo Bills visiting the New England Patriots, a big division battle. Buffalo four and a half point favorites going into this game. Eight and three tied for first in the division. New England six and five. Who do you go with, Buffalo or New England? Four and a half point spread. Um, it is a big division, you know, rivalry, and it is on the road, but I'll go with Buffalo at four and a half points. I think Buffalo's a good team, uh, very strong team. Uh, they need to keep things up. And so I, I would think they'll handle things with this game. I'm with you. If it was like six and a half, I might be a little bit more concerned. Four and a half should be plenty. I'm going to go Buffalo as well. They are the better team. The question is, is can they play better that day? Uh, anytime you're going against Bill Belichick in the division, it still makes me think. But I'll go Buffalo as well. I'm with you on that. I still think Buffalo is up there, right? I, I think Kansas City has been better than them this year and more consistent than them this year. But Buffalo has that potential to put it all together. They've got the better run game. They should, excuse me, have the better run game. Um, so Buffalo could put it together, and if they can be healthy, Von Miller's back. So defensively, they're better as well than Kansas City. If they face head-to-head, -head -head, Buffalo should have the advantage. That being said, that's one of the reasons I'm going with Buffalo this week as well. I think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. Sunday night, a big spread. Uh, Dallas at home facing off against the Colts. Dallas, 10.5-point favorite 
double digit uh, uh, underdogs is something I usually like to lean towards. So I'm going to go Indianapolis plus 10 and a half in this game. Although, my goodness, we don't know what we're getting with them. Uh, but, uh, Dad, I don't think you've picked Dallas one time this year. Which way are you going this time? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a big spread, and but I, I think you have to go with Dallas. It's at home against Dallas. Um, in some ways, they've got things rolling. You know, they, they need to have a big game. Indianapolis just, I don't know that they can play with them at all. And um, so, you know, since we have to pick this game, I will take, even though it is a big spread, I'll take Dallas. I can hear the pigs flying outside the window. Uh, yeah. Dad picks Dallas to cover 10 and a half. What, this is a, 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 a game-changing pick by Dad. Uh, <laughs> it's It's not been, I don't think in, in, in any time me and you have been doing this podcast, which is going on two years now. I, I don't think you've ever picked Dallas to win anything. Uh, so there we go. Interesting. Uh, Monday night, a division battle. New Orleans at Tampa. Tampa is the favorite at home. Three and a half points. This division is uh, almost as bad as the AFC South this year. They've been horrendous all the way around. Could win the, the division with a losing record this year. Uh, Dad, Tom Brady or Andy Dalton? Which way are you going with this one? Um, again, they're at home, so I'll go with Tom Brady. I mean, both these teams, you talk about the division being about as bad. They are. They're worse. I mean, there's nobody winning over there, and um, they may very easily have a losing record. And, um, you know, you never know in New Orleans because they've got a good defense, but since Tampa's at home and it's on Monday night with Tom Brady, um, at three and a half, I'll go with Tampa. I'm going to go New Orleans on this one, plus three and a half. Uh, you know, maybe they lose by a field goal. We still get the cover. So, uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take New Orleans on this one. Division battle. Tampa to me is just, they're just not good. And you said it. New Orleans has a good defense. And if they can keep, uh, people in check, I think there's a good opportunity here, uh, for New Orleans to get this win. So I'm going to go New Orleans plus three and a half at Tampa uh, there. All right, let's get into the rest of our games, Dad. Uh, who's game? What's game number four for you? I'm going to take um, Jacksonville on the road over Detroit. Uh, it's a half a point there. I think Jacksonville will win. I think they're playing better. I don't think Detroit is playing that good. Um, and we'll just be interested to see. I, I would think Jacksonville easily could win this. And it's only a half a point, so all they got to do is win it. And uh, I, win, yeah. so I'll go with Jacksonville. Yeah, they've got to win it. Uh, Detroit has to win it to cover. Uh, I did not pick this game. Um, I like Jacksonville better than Detroit. Detroit plays hard. I don't think they should fire Dan Campbell personally. I think they just need to continue to build that team because Dan Campbell's done a phenomenal job with what they've given him. Uh, you. Yeah, I don't know about that one. That one scares me enough. I stayed away from it. My fourth game, Dad, is Las Vegas. I'm going to go with Las Vegas. Plus two and a half point underdogs uh, at home against the Chargers. Um, Chargers have just not played well this year, even though they're six and five. Have they been better than Vegas? For sure. But there's something about this Vegas team. It's not the coach. It's the players. Derek Carr in particular I just love what he's doing right now. I think his passion is going to carry over in the locker room. I think guys are going to eventually rally 
and they're not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to win the division or anything like that, but they can win at home against the Chargers. So I'm going to take Vegas plus two and a half point underdogs against the Chargers. Who's game number five for you? Um, I'll take um, the Green Bay over the Bears. Again, it's on the road, but I think Green Bay did play a lot better last week. Um, the Bears, you know, they, they have some high moments at a time. Of course, you don't know for sure who the quarterback's going to be there. And, again, that's always a big rivalry game. And so two and a half points, I will take the Packers over the Bears. Yeah, if I was guaranteed it's Trevor Simeon, which it looks like it will be, um, I probably would have picked that too. I decided to not pick this game, though, to stay away from it because Rodgers is banged up as well. The vision at, the, at Chicago, there's all kinds of things that could go wrong with this game. So uh, I'm trying to, to limit my pain when it comes to Packer games this season. <laughs> uh, so I stayed away from that one. Uh, I am going to pick another underdog, though, the New York football Giants, plus two and a half uh, versus Washington. They're at New York. Um, two and a half point underdogs. Washington has had a pretty decent season. They're seven and five. The Giants seven and four. Again, they've won games, but hasn't been impressive. I just think they're a little bit better. And since they're at home, I went ahead and went with them. So plus two and a half, the Giants over the Washington Commanders. Uh, that brings us to game number six for this week. Dad, who's your last game of the week? Well, I'm going to take an underdog on this one, and uh, this is one that you and I have never agreed on, but my man Tua, I'm going to take uh, Miami over San Francisco. It is that San Francisco. I think Miami's really playing well and doing well, and um, what, three and a half there, so I'll go with Miami as an underdog against San Francisco. All right, so... Uh, I looked at this game and considered this game as well, and I would have picked it probably the same way you did. San Francisco's defense has been elite this season, and this is a game that will tell you what Tua is. First of all, Tua is an NFL quarterback. My argument has always been he's not a great NFL quarterback. He can change my mind this week against San Francisco because they have been holding teams. They have not let a team score uh, in the second half of a game, I think for five straight weeks or six straight weeks, whatever it is. Uh, so if Tua can put up points on San Francisco, I will officially on this show make the announcement and change my opinions of Tua Tungavailoa. I'm going to hold that thought, though. And again, he's doing better than I thought he would do already. I think he's helped out a ton by his team and by the system, by the way. But because it's a system, by the way, that Jimmy Garoppolo has succeeded in. So if that tells you anything. But nonetheless, see how he plays against this, this vaunted 49ers defense. And then I'll, I'll give my thoughts on that one. Uh, the last game that I picked, Dad, is a, is a game we talked about earlier when we we're talking about quarterbacks. And that's the Cleveland Browns. Minus six and a half, basically a touchdown favorite against Houston. Sure, Deshaun Watson might be uh, a little rusty, but at the end of the day, it's the Houston Texans, and they should be able to win by at least a touchdown with Deshaun Watson at quarterback, adding an extra threat now. People will be more concerned about the pass game. The defenses will have to be, which will open up more things for Nick Chubb and more things for Kareem Hunt. At the end of the day, I think Cleveland walks away with this one a couple of touchdowns uh, um, uh, difference, and so I'm going to go Cleveland. Minus six and a half against the Texans. And I said it last week, 
I'm picking against Houston every single week. So I'm sticking true to it at least this week. We'll see. We'll see how that goes uh, moving forward as well. All right. Uh, let's talk about the other games going on that we did not pick this week. And there are some dandies. Baltimore and Denver. Neither one of us like this one, Dad. Eight and a half point favorite Baltimore at home against Denver. I'm done picking Denver. I've always said all season long, it's going to click eventually. I'm not sure that it is. But Baltimore, I'm not sure they're eight and a half points better than Denver because the Denver defense has been good too. Which way do you go with this one? Um, I mean, I think Baltimore is by far the better team. Whether they'll cover or not on that, I don't know. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I would think Baltimore still could, you know, you know, do real well. But like you said, they may be headed the wrong direction. I think Cincinnati's going to finish strong. Uh, so we'll see how it goes in the division there. Yeah, and Denver has been good defensively, horrible offensively. Uh, we'll see how that one shakes out. Atlanta is a one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Pittsburgh this week. This is probably the hardest game for me to pick this week. I don't really like what Atlanta's doing. I really don't like what Pittsburgh's doing, although they found a way to win last week uh, using their backup running back who hasn't seen a whole lot of time this season, and Benny Snell, who had the best game of all the running backs last week for Pittsburgh. So I don't know what they're going to do this week. I don't know where to go. I'll go Atlanta since they're at home, but which way do you go Atlanta and Pittsburgh? I'd go with Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh's doing better, um, and um, I I think they can beat Atlanta. Um, you know, like I said, Pittsburgh won last week. They're finding ways to win. They've got some young players that are playing well, and um, so I would take I would take Pittsburgh. Next up is Minnesota and the Jets. And, Dad, the great white hope will take a, a pull from the, what, the 60s or 70s, whenever that was, uh, <laughs> a big thing. Uh, the quarterback in New York, you say he's the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. Uh, he's going up against Minnesota this week, so I'm assuming you're putting your money where your mouth is, going Jets over Minnesota. Which way do you go with this one? Uh, I surely hope the Jets beat Minnesota. Let's say that. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. Minnesota finally, you know, had a bad game. So we will we'll, we'll see we'll see what happens. So who wins, Minnesota or New York? New York. <laughs> the great right. white hope. That's the great it. white hope. There it is. Um, the uh, I go Minnesota. I think Minnesota's the better team, uh, more complete team as well. Um, and I just think, again, being at home, it just makes sense. They're going to win this game. I think they should win convincingly, uh, coming off that bad, uh, you know, that, that bad, bad game for sure. Uh, let's see here. You pick Jacksonville over Detroit. I still don't know which way I'll go with that one. Uh, you also pick Green Bay over Chicago. I agree with you on that one. Philadelphia at home, five and a half point favorites over Tennessee. Neither one of us think Tennessee is that good of a team. Um, and I think we have pretty solid proof. Yes, they're winning the division. Yes, they're seven and four. They just don't have much. They got Derrick Henry, and that's basically it. The rookie receiver starting to play better. I've never been a Tannehill guy as far as feeling like he can lead a team to a Super Bowl. Philadelphia, only one loss on the season. I don't think they get lost number two this week. Philadelphia at home for me. How about you? Yes, I would take Philadelphia too. I was impressed with them, you know, last week. I uh, got to see them play, you know, obviously a little more there with the Packer game. And um, I, I think they're probably the best team in the NFC. Um, you know, they sure look that way. They've seemed to be consistent. They've got a lot of weapons. And, um, yeah, I think, they, I think they can win this one. 
Uh, Seattle has fallen behind San Francisco in the division. They're on the road, but they're over a touchdown favorite, seven and a half points against the Rams, backup quarterback for the Rams, uh, a Virginia quarterback, uh, if that says anything for you. Perkins at quarterback there for the Rams. The Rams look down and out, Dad. I'm not sure they're going to win another game this season. Seattle, I don't trust them either, but I trust them more than I trust the Rams. So I'm going to go Seattle on the road. Seven and a half is a lot, but I mean, I don't know. What are the Rams? So which way do you go with this one? I think Seattle, you know, definitely will win the game. Definitely could. You know, I went with them last week and they did get upset there. Of course, it was in overtime. The Rams, I think they're one of the, by far one of the biggest disappointments. I mean, I've been disappointed without a doubt in Green Bay, but I think the Rams are, are more of a mess in a lot of ways. And um, so I'll go with Seattle. Uh, you went Miami over San Francisco. Again, I probably lean with you on that one. Uh, we'll wait and see how that one shakes out. Here's a fun one, dad, Kansas city on the road in Cincinnati, two and a half point, uh, favorites. Kansas city is on the road. I'm going to go with the home team. I think the Bengals are a really, really good football team. And I think there's uh, uh, this is the week for them to show they are legit contenders still in the AFC. I'll go Cincinnati. Which way do you go? Yeah, I'll go with Cincinnati on this. I didn't pick this game because Kansas City is really good, so they easily yeah. could come in and win this. But Cincinnati, I think, is headed in the right direction. They need to win this game. That would really help them in a lot of ways. And um, so, yeah, I would go with Cincinnati. Um, and then the other games we've already we picked the rest of these, but I want to get your thoughts on Vegas and, and the Chargers. Um, I picked Vegas to win this game. Two teams that are disappointed continually. Uh, how do you feel about that game, especially being a, it's a conference game, a division game? Um, again, the Chargers ought to win that. I think the Chargers are the better team, no doubt about that. Vegas, I'm shocked, you know, that they won, but they did find a way to win in overtime last week, but I don't know that Vegas is going to win many more games. I don't know that the Chargers are going to make the playoffs, but they should. They should play better. So um, I, I would think the Chargers will play better. It is a division game, so you never know. But uh, I don't think the Chargers are done yet. I think the I think Vegas has been done done for a while. I've seen more rumors of uh, Sean Payton being the Chargers coach next year. Uh, so this start it's gaining some traction, and if that happens, then I'll put start trusting the Chargers. But I'm done trusting them. They've not proven to me they can do anything consistently right now, and uh, so I'm off of that train. Uh, let's talk about the NFC real quick. We did not talk about that much. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, two games up in the East. Minnesota's all but clinched the North. Tampa Bay, five and six, uh, is a half game up on Atlanta, uh, and only, uh, two games up on Carolina and New Orleans. So a lot can happen. Or maybe it's one and a half games, I guess, against those teams. Uh, in the West, San Francisco has overtaken Seattle. I think both of us assume San Francisco wins that division. So uh, let me ask you this. Can anybody challenge Tampa? I mean, they're so close right now in the South. Tampa should be the best team, but can somebody challenge them? Can Atlanta make a run there at Tampa? Um, if Tampa loses this week to New Orleans, yes, then somebody yeah. can make a run. Um, they shouldn't. I don't think anybody's going to make a run. I think the question is, is the Tampa, will Tampa continue to fall? Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if anybody's going to catch up with them if they if they can win, you know, if they can win half the rest of their games. But you just don't know what's showing up with them on a, on a weekly basis either. There is potential for every NFC East team to make the playoffs. Right now, they're the top seven teams. You got the four division winners and the other three NFC East teams. Will someone from another division right now? Seattle six and five. Green Bay, uh, Detroit's four and seven. Green Bay's four and eight. Atlanta's five and seven. Carolina, New Orleans are four and eight. Arizona's four and eight. Will all four teams from the East make the playoffs, or will someone come up and steal a spot there at seed number seven? I think somebody could come up and steal a spot. It's going to be with Washington is where it's going to be. So this is a big game this week with the Giants uh, there. Um, the being that Washington is in it is what's really going to hurt Green Bay because we lost to them. And I don't know, you know who the other teams are that they have beaten. Um, right. I wouldn't think all those teams will stay in there, but they very easily – um, they could. I think Washington's a team that would be out if someone is out. I agree with you there. I think that uh, if anybody's going to be out, it's going to be Washington. Although I wouldn't be completely surprised if um, the Giants all of a sudden slipped and fell as well. As to me, they're not. They're not the perfect team uh, either. So we will see uh, how that's going. Uh, let's move on to college football. Um, Coaching carousel is, is underway, Dad. Several coaching changes have been announced. Uh, Matt Rule to Nebraska, I think that was a great hire. Fickle to Wisconsin, I thought that was a really good hire, although I like Jim Leonard and felt like he deserved that chance uh, there to get to get a whole season of recruiting underneath him and all that kind of stuff too. And there's a lot of talk that Jim Leonard's going to go somewhere else and be a head coach now that he didn't get that job in Wisconsin. But Fickle, if you're going to hire somebody that's not Jim Leonard, that seems like a pretty good hire. Hugh Freeze is back in the SEC with Auburn. And Trent Dilfer uh, going to UAB out of the high school ranks in Nashville, Tennessee, heads down to Alabama-Birmingham uh, there as well. Out of those four hires, Dad, are there any of those stand out to you? Well, the one I, I think they are good hires there. I, the one that's interesting, I did a little research today just was with Trent Dilfer. Usually, um, I'm trying to think back if there's been a real successful coach that's gone from high school straight into the head coaching in college and really done well. Now, UAB, of course, is not, you know, a Power 5 program. Um, and Dil- Dilfer's a little bit different because of his playing background and everything there. Uh, of course, he's done very well there in Nashville. He's at a private school, so he's done recruiting. He's done scholarships, all those type of things there. And, um, and you know, he, he's going to have a real foothold in recruiting, um, I think, because of being, you know, um, uh, Super Bowl winning coach. And he'll have a real foothold in Middle Tennessee, which is a strong area for prospects. And in the state of Alabama, any, any kid that's not going to Auburn or Alabama, you know, he's going to be a real draw. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of success he has. I think all the others were, were good hires. I'll be interested to see what Liberty does, if they try to get a high-profile guy again or if they're established enough that they can just go out and look for a good coach um, from there. 
but yeah, there's going to be definitely some other moving around. And um, I think Rule was a good hire at Nebraska, and I agree with you. Fickle was a good hire. Uh, Cincinnati job's a good job. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. I think Jim Leonard to Cincinnati is what I've heard, um, where he would just basically replace Fickle, who came in and replaced him. So that's an interesting one. Uh, you said Stanford, Colorado, Cincinnati, US, USF are all interesting jobs. Deion Sanders has been offered at Colorado. Um, I don't know. Does Colorado fit Deion Sanders? I'm a little surprised that Deion Sanders is wanting to move. If he does, then obviously wherever he goes is a stepping stone. If he moves out of Jackson State, you know, then he's going to want to move up to a major school, um, maybe his alma mater someday. You never know. But um, I'm a little surprised he's looking at making a move. Um, Colorado, you know, again, wherever he goes, he's going to be able to recruit. And once he moves up to a, a higher school, he gets in a Power Five conference. Uh, other coaches are going to be worried because his recruiting. <laughs> I mean, he's going to be able to recruit against everybody, no doubt about that. I think he can build Colorado up real quick. Um, I'm just a little surprised he was interested in making a move. Um, but again, if he goes to a place like Colorado, then I think you know you are looking at a stepping stone. Um, but um, We'll see if he does move. Yeah, I mean, I think the ultimate end goal for him is Florida State. I think it makes more sense for him to go to South Florida than it does to go to Colorado. Yeah. Um, But he could do – I mean, anywhere he goes, he's going to recruit. He's going to get some guys in. And I think he'll have general success. I just think South Florida makes more sense than than Colorado does because I think that if Florida State job comes open in the next couple years – you got to think Dion's the guy they're going to. Um, it makes the most sense. So um, I don't know. I'll be interested to see where that all shakes out. Stanford, to me, is an intriguing hire this year to see kind of where they go. And then Cincinnati as well, because Cincinnati's making the move to the Big 12. Uh, Fickle was a big draw there for the Big 12. Now they lose a, a, a key name coach there. Cincinnati's got to find someone that can come in and carry the momentum that Fickle had there at Cincinnati as well. Um, whether or not they can do that is the question. If Jim Leonard goes somewhere as a head football coach, he will do well. He's a very, very good coach. And, uh, I, I'm a little surprised that Wisconsin didn't stick with him, but I think Fickle's an upgrade at the same time. So I don't think you can be too upset. I just think Leonard's a really good coach. So I think he's going to have good success wherever he goes, um, as well. Uh, let's see here. Any other names that you've heard on the coaching carousel that you're interested in as a head coach? Anybody like that? I didn't, I didn't give that to you in our, uh, before the show notes. So I didn't give you a chance to think about that. No, I, I, I don't know that I've heard a lot. We know there'll be other positions open up though. So, um, I don't know that a guy like Leonard would want to make a move real quick. Again, I would think though in the next week or so, you know, is when, uh, you're going to hear about things we've talked all year. You know, is Texas A&M, is there going to be a change there? Um, you know, any other, you know, major schools? Is is Kentucky, are they set with where they're at? You know, different things like that. Um, so well, Kentucky's I, not well, changing again, head coaches. probably got a week or so to hear. Yeah, Kentucky's not changing head coaches. They gave him an extension. He's actually getting paid more than Coach Calipari right now uh, with the extension they gave him. So, 
Now that'll change in two years, the way Calipari's contract is set up. But nonetheless, right now he gets paid more per year than Calipari does. Um, he's not going anywhere. They fired the offensive coordinator, so they're making changes, uh, but but not at head coach. Um, for Jim Leonard, I think Cincinnati's a great fit, and here's why. Number one, you go to the Big 12, so you're in a Power 5 conference. Number two, you're going to the Big 12, so you're in a Power 5 conference, but you're not in the SEC in the Big 10, so you can actually make a pretty big splash. You're basically competing with, what, Oklahoma State, TCU, and your recruiting area is different than those two schools. Jim Leonard can recruit the entire north, uh, what, what do you call that area, Heartland, the mid uh, Midwest, what, the mid. Yeah, you can get that whole area. Jim Leonard could own it. Um, bring them all into Cincinnati, compete against the Oklahoma States and the TCUs and the Kansases and whatever from there. Um, so I think if for a first-time head coach, going to the Big 12 would be an awesome opportunity to actually take over a conference versus coaching in the Big 10 where it's going to be really hard to climb over the Ohio States and Michigans uh, and even Penn States that are there uh, currently. Uh, so I think a place like that would be great for a guy like Jim Leonard to get to. But we'll see where it all shakes out at for sure. Uh, let's get into the rankings a little bit, Dad. Uh, I told you from the very beginning that USC was going to be in the playoffs. Um, right now, it looks like I'll be right. Now, I missed on a lot of other teams. I also did pick Georgia and USC, but I also had Alabama and Ohio State. And I don't think either of those teams – should be in, whether or not one of them gets in is still possible. Um, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC. All these teams have to do is win, right? Uh, Georgia win the SEC. I think Georgia's in no matter what, but Georgia win the SEC. Michigan win the Big Ten. TCU win the Big 12. USC win win the Pac-12. And that that does it. That That should solidify everything. Ohio State's not playing again. Alabama's not playing again. Tennessee's not playing again. Clemson's already got two losses. Penn State's already got two losses. Of course, so does Alabama and uh, and Tennessee as well. So I think we're set. Ohio State could jump a team if one of those teams loses. So if, uh, let's say, TCU loses, then Ohio State, I think, jumps back in. If USC loses, I think Ohio State jumps back in. Um, but I think you're pretty well set. I think you got those five teams to choose from. And it's going to be one of those or four of those five, right? Am I wrong? Is Alabama going to make it in? How, how's it all going to shake out? Well, I, I, I think you're right about that, unless two of them lose. Um, if TCU and USC both loses, definitely Ohio State would jump in there. Then it could be a question um, about that, especially if TCU loses. Um, I think a loss would really drop them. Um, just because of their conference and where they're at. Uh, USC, I'm not sure. They, they, they could easily both win this week. Um, but TCU plays Kansas State. Kansas, that could be a good game. Uh, Utah, you know, could play tough against USC. If TCU and USC wins, then yes, that ought to be your four. I would assume Michigan will beat Purdue, even though, you know, um, they haven't seemed to overlook anybody. They almost overlooked Illinois, but um, yeah. I wouldn't yeah. think they would this time. So um, I think if those teams win, they should be in. If they lose, any one of them loses, I think Ohio State would jump back 
Uh, they might not over jump over Michigan, but I think they would jump over the other two if they lose. If both of them lose, then you're going to see an interesting deal because um, obviously, you know, little Nicky's on the phone all the time <laughs> and you never know. All right. So here's the deal. Georgia's in no matter what. Win or lose, Georgia's in. Michigan should be in no matter what, win or lose, because they beat Ohio State. Uh, so you, you can't have Ohio State jump Michigan for Michigan right. losing in the conference tournament. Not to say the NCAA is not not better than that. but uh, So Georgia and Michigan should be locked in. Personally, I think TCU should be locked in uh, because I don't think a two-loss team should be able to jump a one-loss team. So if TCU, TCU loses to number 10 Kansas State, unless it's an absolute shellacking, like 72-3, to three, um, I think TCU should be in. USC, on the other hand, if they lose, they become a two-loss team. Ohio State jumps them. I think that's pretty simple. Personally, Alabama, Tennessee, Penn State, Clemson, whatever, those two-loss teams, they got to be out. There's no reason for a two-loss team to make it in. Um, and so for that reason, I say it's these top five because only USC can be a two loss team out of these top four. Everybody else is undefeated. So they should make it in. I think no matter what Ohio state could jump USC if they lose Ohio state could jump TCU if they lose as well. TCA TCU loses. They're probably out. Um, the only thing that could save TCU is if USC loses also, there's a slim chance that they'll keep TCU in. But you said it, Alabama, they've got away with with things. I mean, they lost to Tennessee straight up, and they're ranked ahead of Tennessee. So, <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. So it is what it is, and uh, that's the way it goes. Transfer portal already being crazy, by the way. I'm talking to a uh, head football coach on Friday, uh, Coach Walt Wells at EKU. We're going to talk about the transfer portal and the chaos of it. But that being said, as soon as these teams are eliminated, transfer portal hits, everything starts moving uh, from there as well. Uh, quickly, Dan, we're coming up on time, but I do want to hit uh, a couple quick basketball thoughts. Uh, looking at the rankings, Houston number one, Texas two, Virginia has jumped into number three, Arizona number four. But the teams that I like to see on here that uh, we haven't seen here in a while, Indiana is ranked at number 10. They are undefeated to start the season. And Alabama, who had a down year last year, has really shown up to start this season. They're ranked at number 11. Having those two teams up there and towards the top 10 is intriguing, I think, at the very least. Um, all the other teams makes, makes general sense, I think, uh, being there as well. UNC, Duke, and Kentucky already with two losses on the season. Uh, throw UCLA and Michigan State in there as well as uh, Blue Bloods with two losses already this season. Um, but any team stand out to you in the top 25 or anything from this season so far that stood out to you? Well, like I said, you know, there's going to there be a lot of moving around and teams lose. You know, Purdue, i definitely been off to a very good start from there. Um, of course, you know, I like Illinois. Illinois had a big win last night against Syracuse in a big way. Uh, I think they're playing well. Um, I agree with you. It's good. It's good to see teams that have been down come, you know, doing well again. Again, I'm an Illinois fan, so I'm not excited about Indiana, but um, I am, you know, they are doing better uh, from there. And of course, once you get in the conference, um, there's going to be, you know, 
I think the SEC will probably do well. I know the ACC and the Big Ten will have a lot of competition in conference. I agree. Anything else we need to add before we go away? Um, no, I just a quick shout out to um, MTSU football team. They had a great year. They got invited to the Hawaii Bowl, and um, that's great for them. They'll play on Christmas Eve against San Diego State. I'm excited about that because in between watching the Santa Tracker, which I always like to watch on Christmas Eve, I'll be able to check out um, the Blue Raiders also. It was interesting on their website, they mentioned uh, that they're the first team that's ever beat all three Miami colleges in the same year. They own Miami. They beat the U, they beat FAU, and they beat FIU all in the same year. So they're excited and I'm glad for Coach Stockstill. Congratulations to them. Uh, and uh, Blue Raider made made uh, quite the game for Philadelphia uh, on Sunday yeah. night as well, picking off Aaron Rodgers and everything yeah. as well. Uh, today's program has been presented by True Classic Tees. Uh, this brand makes t-shirts that actually fit, not to mention they're super soft. If you're like me and you're not super jacked, finding the right t-shirt can be incredibly frustrating. Most t-shirts are either too tight in all the wrong places or way too big and boxy, but not True Classic. True Classic has already helped over 2 million men get their fit on at an affordable price. The Sports Stove listeners get access to the absolute best deal they offer and for a limited time only. Get 25% off with the code BELLYUPFANTASY, who we're partnering with in our Sports Stove Fantasy Baseball show coming up in 2023. Use the code BELLYUPFANTASY at trueclassic.com and get that 25% off your purchase. Go out and check out True Classic Tees. All right. Thank you for tuning into this episode of the Sports Stove Podcast. You can always follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Sports Stove. If you missed any portion of this program live on Belly Up TV or on YouTube, go back and listen to the whole episode wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove. <laughs>